What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast. Um, So today I'm going to be talking about the fear of the Lord. And so what got me thinking about this topic is uh, if you go to Victory here in New Orleans, um, Pastor Frank preached on last week, he preached on um, being a living sacrifice and being a yielded vessel for the Lord to, to you, to use you and to, um, really just be submitted to Jesus as your Lord, him as your master and to obey, you know, the call of God on your life. And so, you know, as I was just thinking about all of that and meditating on this, I really started studying again on the fear of the Lord and really how this is something that is so foundational in our Christian life, um, walking in the fear of the Lord. And so that word fear, I think most people understand that, but in case you don't, the word fear, really what that means is it means a God, it means a reverence, a reverence for something that is holy. It means a, a, a godly awe to be in awe. Um, and really I think of it mostly as a reverence and a honor for who God is in your life. And the fact that Jesus Christ is not only our savior, but he is our Lord. So if you're a person that that's walking in the fear of the Lord, you're a person that's aware and conscious of the fact that you have a Lord, you have someone who is your master. You know, even the apostle Paul said, I am a slave of Jesus Christ. So, you know, he had that awareness and the fear of the Lord. It's something that's when you recognize the holiness and the perfection and the greatness of the God that you serve and that it's not something to be taken lightly. And, you know, even the apostle Paul said, he said to work out your salvation with fear and trembling with fear and trembling. And so really what that means is just having an honor and a reverence for the presence of God on your life, for what God has done in your life, for what God has saved you from, for what the Holy Spirit is doing in you and through you and not treating the things of God as casual or taking them for granted or or taking it of light regard. And really, you know, um, Pastor Frank, he talked about that scripture where David cried out to the Lord, Lord, take not your Holy Spirit from me and cast me not away from your presence. So really David, he honored the anointing of God on his life more than anything else. He had an honor and a reverence for the presence of God in his life. And he realized, you know, there was that godly fear in him that Lord, if you, if I don't have you, if I don't have your presence, I have nothing. I can't do anything without you, Lord. And so that when you recognize that and you live in a place of, of having honor for, for God's anointing on your life, it it puts a, a fear in you, a godly fear and a reverence that you don't want anything to come between you and the presence of God. And so, so really that's why it's so foundational walking in the fear of the Lord. And so I want to start off by reading the scripture in Psalm 25, um, verse 12. It says, who is the man who reverently fears and worships the Lord? It's him that he will teach in the way that he should choose or direct him on the path of life that he should take. And so really what what he's saying right here is the person that fears the Lord, that's the person that's going to be guided and instructed by the Lord. If you want the Lord to direct your course, if you want to be led by the spirit, if you want, if you want the Lord to be guiding you continually in every decision you're making, it starts with the fear of the Lord. It starts with having a reverence for the fact that you've been bought with a price, that your life is no longer your own. So, so David was saying here, the person that fears the Lord, if you're a person that is 
reverent towards the Lord and worships the Lord, that is the person that the Lord will instruct and teach in his way. And then it says in verse 14, the secret of the Lord, the secret of the Lord is for them that fear him and he will show them his deep covenant and reveal to them its deep meaning. And so what he's saying here is basically the secret revelations of the word of God are for those that fear him. You, it's absolutely crucial that you have the fear of the Lord. If you want to if you want to partake of the deep revelation of God's word, the secrets of the Lord are for those that fear him. If you don't honor revelation, if you don't honor God's word above everything else in your life, then you're not going to have very deep revelation because the Lord says here, you know, he says, Jesus said too, you don't cast you don't cast pearls before swine in the sense of whatever you people don't honor. You don't give people what they don't honor and what they're not grateful for. So really, you know, as you, as we humble ourselves before the Lord, as we position ourselves in, in a position of worship and reverence and honor towards God's word and his presence, that's when it says the secret of the Lord is for them that fear him and he will show you his covenant. He will show you hidden secrets in the word of God. He will unfold his words to you. His revelation light will break forth for the ones that have a godly fear and a godly reverence for his word. And so, you know, I wanted to talk to you about some things you know, I'm going to go through some different points about the fear of the Lord. So that's just one of them. You're, you're going to have, in, he, the Lord is going to instruct you and guide your steps. The Lord's going to give you revelation and insight to God's word when you have the fear of the Lord. Um, and so, you know, another part of this with even those two things is understanding that, hey, your, your life is not your own. Now that you've been born again, now that you've given your life to Jesus, you can't just go do whatever you want. You can't just go live whatever way you want. And, you know, I think that that's something that like, you know, people say that they've surrendered their life to Jesus, right? And it does, it starts with that decision. It starts with saying that and, and making that decision, you know, but really, True surrender is something that comes in degrees in your walk with Christ and it comes in the prayer closet. It's really, it's a work of the Holy Spirit. I personally don't even believe that you cannot relinquish your will to Jesus without the help of the Holy Spirit. It's when the Holy Spirit moves on you, he gives you the grace to relinquish your will or to surrender your life. And you know, I really do believe it it comes in degrees because I know for me, you know, I've I've said for a long time, you know, Lord, my life is surrendered to you, but I've had some encounters with Jesus in the prayer closet, you know, with the Holy Ghost where I I I had a whole nother level of the fear of God come on me when I realized, you know, when the Holy Spirit moves on you to really surrender your life, you come to a point, the fear of God comes on you to the point where you realize, Lord, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. Even if it costs me everything, even if it costs me my life, my life is not my own. I am giving you my life. I am giving you everything that I am, everything that I have. And I'm telling you, when the Holy Spirit brings you to that place, It'll put the fear of God on you and it even may make your natural, your natural self. It puts a little bit of fear even in your natural self because the Bible says that the things of the spirit, the natural man cannot receive. So, you know, in your mind, it's like, okay, whoa, I'm like literally giving my life. That's why Paul said, 
offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. And you know, I, I just, I always pray, Lord, I mean, show me even the, the depths of what that means, that, that this is my true spiritual worship to offer my body, to offer my body as a living sacrifice. And really, like I said, it's a work of the Holy Spirit. It's, 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 it's a process as we press in, 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 in prayer, in those intimate times with the Lord, that the Holy Spirit allows us to go deeper, to, to, to surrender more and more of our lives to Jesus. And so, you know, really I had felt, um, you know, as pastor Frank had preached on this whole living sacrifice idea, I had, um, felt the Lord really just remind me of the, the gravity of not just me making my own plans, doing my own thing, which obviously, you know, we know that our lives are not our own. If you're a Christian, you know, we realize Jesus is our Lord, but really I just felt the Lord remind me, Hey, you need to stay ready that at any given moment, you'll drop everything and do exactly what I tell you to do. And it's so important as believers that we stay in that place. In your heart of hearts, you have to stay in the place where, Lord, if you speak to me at any given moment, I'm going to drop everything and do whatever you tell me to do. Because, you know, obviously we have a life, we have a job, we have families, we have things that we're doing. We have, you know, we make our plans. The Bible says that many are the plans in the mind of man. We may make our plans, but it's so important that above your plan for your life, you honor the plan of God for your life. And you honor the voice of God enough to say, Lord, I'll scrap all my plans at a moment's notice. If the voice of the Lord comes to me and tells me to do something, all my plans, I'm flushing it down the toilet and I'm going to do what you tell me to do exactly when you tell me to do it. And so the Lord had reminded me too of this scripture in James um, chapter four. He says, come now you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a city and spend a year there and carry on our business and make money. Yet you do not know the least thing about what may happen tomorrow. What is the nature of your life? You are but a vapor here today, gone tomorrow. What you ought to say instead is if the Lord is willing, we shall live and do this or that. But as it is, you boast falsely in your presumption and your self-conceit. And all such boasting is wrong. And so James was reminding them here, hey, you, you, you're you, making all these plans and boasting about all these things that you think you're going to go and do, but you better remember, you, you know, you better remember you have a Lord. Your life is not your own. You have been bought with a price. And so really it's, it's, it's whatever the Lord wills for your life. And I mean, this really is just so real to me because before I had my encounter with Jesus in 2018, I had all kind of plans for my life. Let me tell you, I had all kind of plans for my life, what I thought it was going to look like, what it was going to do, what I was going to do. And I'm telling you, one encounter with Jesus, every plan that I had seemed like total garbage compared to what Jesus showed me that he had in store for me. So, you know, understand with this, you're giving up your will, you're giving up your life, but you understand that what what God has in store for you is a million times better than what you had in store for yourself. And so, you know, keeping keeping in mind that that fear of the Lord that, hey, I, you know, for me personally, I have a fear 
of missing the plan of God for my life. And I don't mean a fear like I'm battling anxiety. I mean like a fear, like a godly fear. I'll have a godly fear of missing the plan of God for my life and being caught up in the pleasures of riches, the pleasures of the American life, just doing my thing, working a job, um, buying this, buying that, buying a house, buying a car. I have a godly fear of missing the call of God, missing out on the what God has for me because I'm so comfortable and I have all my own plans already made up and I don't even consult the Lord. So, you know, really staying in that place where everything you do, consult the Lord, even small things. And there are people who mock that, oh, you're over-spiritualizing everything. But I'm telling you, God cares about every single detail of your life. And when you acknowledge him in the small things, that that'll help. That's like exercising. It's like exercising that, that faith muscle. When you have faith in the small things, when you trust him in the small things, you'll be able to trust him in bigger things. And so, you know, understand that the Lord cares about every single detail, being submitted to the Lord in every single area of your life, even in your health. Lord, I honor your word. I honor the blood of Jesus in my health more than I honor medication, more than I honor what the doctors say, more than I honor what the news media says about what new virus is out about what vaccine is out lord above all of that i honor the blood of jesus that has purchased my body and has purchased healing for my body and so that's just one example so it, it touches every aspect of life and again it's a process you know this is all a process we're all growing you know in every area we're getting to a point, you know, the Lord deals with us sometimes one area of life at a time where we really submit and surrender that area of our life to the Lord and so I wanted to talk about also three things. When you have the fear of the Lord, what it does for you is firstly, it's going to drive out the fear of man. It's going to drive out the fear of man. Proverbs 29, 25 says, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. And so really when you, let me tell you, I, this is so real to me because when you fear the Lord, when you have a reverence for the anointing of God on your life, more than the opinions of man, more than the criticism of man, I'm telling you, you will become an unstoppable person. When you allow the fear and the reverence that you have towards God will drive out the fear of man. I mean, it's, if this is so personal to me too, because I'm telling you, people can talk bad about me all they want. People can say I'm too radical. People can criticize me right, left, and center, but ultimately I'm way more concerned about what God says about me, what God thinks about me. I'm not living my life to please man. I'm living my life to please God. And so understand too, people can say whatever they want about you. People can mock you. People can criticize you. But ultimately it comes down to the reality is that I'm living for the one that saved me. You know, I just, it's like, did you, these people who like want to whatever, mock and whatever, it's like, did you save me from the bondage of Satan? Are you the one that delivered me from fear? Are you the one that healed my body? Are you the one that delivered me from death's grip? No, you know, Jesus, when you have an honor and a reverence for what Jesus has done for you, it's like, shoot, I don't care what anyone else thinks. The only person that I am trying to please is Jesus Christ. He's the one that laid down his life for me. He's the one that saved me. He's the one that redeemed me. He's the one that set me free from fear. And so it's like, understand that only you know what God has done for you. Only you know what Jesus has set you free from. Only you know the things that God has done in your life. And so it's like, that's why it's like, 
you never want to criticize someone for being too radical or for being too whatever, because ultimately you never know what that person has walked through. Just in general, it's so important not to judge our brothers and sisters in Christ because you have no idea what God has done for them. You have no idea what they've walked through. You have no idea the way Jesus has set them free. And that's why you can see people that worship and praise differently they worship and praise on a different level. It's because they're, they're aware of how much they've been forgiven. They're aware of how much Jesus has done for them. They're aware of, Hey, I, who knows where I would be? I would probably be dead if it wasn't for Jesus coming to save me and rescue me. And that will cause you to have a whole nother level of worship, a whole nother level of praise, a whole nother level of reverence and honor for, for, for God and for what he's done in your life. And so when, when you When you have that fear of the Lord, when you have that reverence for God, that'll take out the fear of man. That it'll put something on the inside of you. You don't care what anybody says. No one is going to put out the fire that Jesus has ignited on the inside of you because you fear the Lord more than you fear the opinions and the criticisms of man. And so that's just one of them. So that will burn out the fear of man. Secondly, it will burn out the fear of death. The fear of the Lord will burn out from you the fear of death. The apostle Paul said in Acts 20, 24, he said, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Paul said he considered his life nothing when compared to the task that his Lord had given him. Paul was aware of the fact that he had a master. He said, I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. I'm not just out here living for myself. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. And this life that I'm now living, I don't live it for myself. I don't live it for my own pleasures. I don't live it for my own plans. I live it by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. And so Paul had no fear of death. He had, he had a greater fear of not fulfilling not fulfilling the task that Jesus had given him to do. than he feared death. He said to die is gain. To die is gain. Paul was not afraid of death. He had the fear of the Lord. And the Bible says in Proverbs 14, 27, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. And so really understanding that we've already, we've already died with Christ. We've already died with Christ. So there is no more fear of death. There is no more fear of death. When you are a person that fears the Lord, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. We've already obtained true life in Jesus Christ. And so I wanted to give two more examples of, of people who walked in the fear of the Lord. Obviously the apostle Paul, like we just talked about, um, but also the story of Daniel. And this really hits home with what we've dealt with really in the past year or two. Um, Daniel, he had a similar situation. You know, the government tried to shut down the churches in 2020, you know, try to tell people what to do. Well, Daniel experienced something similar. Daniel chapter six, verse 10 says, now when Daniel knew what the writing was signed, so the king made a decree that they couldn't pray to their God. The king made a decree the law of the land that they couldn't pray to their God. And what does it say? It says that Daniel knew about it. He went home and in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom. Da- Daniel prayed just as usual. He, because he feared the Lord more than he feared 
the the government before more than he feared the rulers of the land that he was living in he had the fear of God and because he feared the Lord nothing was going to stop him from praying to his God nothing was going to stop him from worshiping his God because more than you fear the government more than you fear the consequences of, of whatever kind of p- political agenda more than you fear any of that and more than you fear being criticized and, and all that kind of stuff you ought to fear the Lord because Daniel knew that like I just read in Proverbs the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life and there is a reward for them that fear the Lord I'm telling you you cannot fear the Lord and and end up losing and so we'll see this with Daniel because Daniel because he prayed he was thrown in the lion's den many of us know that story he was thrown in the lion's den but because the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life because he feared the Lord he was Daniel became an unstoppable force when you fear God before above men and above the things of the world I'm telling you God will deliver you every single time. And so Daniel, it says in uh, Daniel 6.23, it says that when Daniel was taken up out of the lion's den, no injury whatever was found on him because he believed his God. Another version says that he came out and it says no hurt of any kind was found on him. I'm telling you, when you fear the Lord, it makes you indestructible. It makes you indestructible when you are a person that fears the Lord. Because like I said, that scripture, it says the fear of man lays a snare. The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. And so this is exactly what Daniel experienced because he trusted in his Lord. He was safe. And Proverbs 19, 23 says the fear of the Lord leads to life and whoever has it rests satisfied and he will not be visited by harm. The person that fears the Lord shall not be visited by harm. If you are a person that fears the Lord, you shall not be visited by harm. Your God will deliver you every single time. A person that fears the Lord. The Bible says that that fear, that fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. And so just one more example is the story of Joseph. Obviously Joseph had received a dream of what the Lord had in store for him. And so maybe you're listening to this. The Lord's given you a vision, given you a dream of what he has in store for you. And Joseph, because he had the fear of the Lord, he wasn't going to let anything stop him from fulfilling that heavenly vision or that heavenly dream. And so many of us know the story. Potiphar's wife tried to come at Joseph and tried to get him to, um, to sleep with her. And so, but because Joseph feared the Lord, he, he didn't, he, he flee, he fled from temptation. So Joseph, he temptation and the temptation to sin was so small in comparison to his honor and reverence towards the God that he served. When you have the fear of the Lord, no one needs to encourage you to live holy. No one needs to encourage you to stop sinning. When you have the fear of God on you, I'm telling you, even in the behind closed doors when no one's watching, you will have integrity because you've already seen what God has in store for you. And really that puts a fear, like I was kind of saying earlier, it puts that fear on you that, I have a greater fear of missing out on fulfilling what God has commissioned me to do than, than anything else. 
And so because Joseph had that, he already had made up his mind. There is nothing that's going to stop me and come between me and my God and stop me from fulfilling what I've seen that my God has in store for me. God has a place reserved for you at the top, but the only way there is by humility and reverence towards God and recognizing without his anointing, without the hand of God on my life, I can't do it. I can't go anywhere. And so really when you have the fear of the Lord, That's when you're clothed in humility, clothed in meekness. And the Bible says that when you humble yourself before him, he will exalt you in due time. Hey guys, this is Victoria. I just want to say thank you so much for listening and make sure that you subscribe, share it with a friend, share it on Instagram. Let me know that you're listening and I pray that these podcasts will continue to be a blessing to you.